Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. Today's service will be followed as usual by drinks and uh, high quality biscuits, and then by our congregation's annual general meeting. And that's going to be held from 12.30 to 1.30 today, and all of you are invited. Now an AGM is an opportunity to reflect on where our community is at this moment. It's an opportunity to, to celebrate the work of the past year and to seek guidance for our next steps. And such a process of, of, of self-reflection, of, of discernment, well I think it's worthwhile in any area of life and at any time. So perhaps in today's service, you too will be considering what we're saying and what we're doing in the light of your own life. Perhaps finding messages that are particularly relevant to you at the moment and where you are in life. So I invite you to take a moment, take a conscious breath to arrive fully here in this place on this sunny Sunday morning. Here now together. These opening words are written by Paul Le Heroux. We gather in community to rest from our labours, to greet our neighbours, and to open our being to insight and intuition of that greater reality of which we are part. May we touch the holy in each other and be touched by the graciousness of life. May we find here a calm peacefulness that will carry us through the days ahead. Our chalice flame is lit, this worldwide symbol of our Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist faith. It's lit that by its light we may be inspired to use the resources of this community for the greater good of all. Let's each of us in our own way find that quiet space within us. Let's align ourselves with that which we hold to be of greatest worth. <clears throat> As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to, to bless the communities of the world, that they might be places where people can flourish and grow. where people can feel secure enough to be able to take the risks that are inevitable in a life well lived. Let us pray for all human organisations, for their members and their leaders, that they might use their powers wisely and always for the greatest good. May our communities be open in their structures and, and so be open in the welcome that they give to the great diversity that humanity is. May no one feel excluded in life. May our communities be willing to change, 
yet understanding and honouring that which has gone before. And in a few moments of shared silence, I invite you to think of the groups and the communities that are important in your lives. Neighbourhoods, friends or families, interest groups, places of work, the connections you make online, the connections you treasure. In the silence you might wish to think of these connections with gratitude or perhaps think of ways that you might want to strengthen the threads that connect you. Let us take a moment to, to honour all communities who are struggling or living in fear this day. Particularly we might think of places at war where battles rage and violence is an everyday reality. peace come to those communities. And so let us give thanks for connections and for communities that make us what we are and, and do what we can to strengthen and enliven these ways of being this day and all days. Amen. Margaret Wheatley writes, <clears throat> As we work together to restore hope in the future, we need to include a new and strange ally, our willingness to be disturbed. Our willingness to have our beliefs and ideas challenged by what others think. No one personal perspective can give us the answers we need to the problems of today. Paradoxically, we can only find those answers by admitting we don't know. We have to be willing to let go of our certainty and expect ourselves to be confused for a time. We weren't trained to admit we don't know. Most of us were trained to sound certain and confident, to state our opinion as if it were true. We haven't been rewarded for being confused or for asking more questions than giving quick answers. We've also spent many years listening to others, mainly to determine whether we agree with them or not. We don't have time to sit and listen to those who think differently than we do. It is very difficult to give up our certainties, our positions, our beliefs, our explanations. These help define us. They lie at the heart of our personal identity. 
Yet I believe we will succeed in changing the world only if we can think and work together in new ways. Curiosity is what we need. We don't have to let go of what we believe, but we do need to be curious about what someone else believes. We do need to acknowledge that their way of interpreting the world might be essential to our survival. I'm going to read some words um, by Starhawk. I don't know if, if she's an author that you know. Starhawk works tirelessly to inspire us all in areas of eco-spirituality and particularly permaculture now. She currently runs Earth activist trainings around the world. And in this piece, which I think she wrote quite a long time ago, Starhawk is imagining a, an ideal community, a sense of belonging that I think many of us aspire to. I, w I wonder if it speaks to you as it, as it does to me. She writes, We are all longing to go home to some place we have never been, a place half remembered and half envisioned we can only catch glimpses of from time to time. Community. Somewhere. There are people to whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats. Somewhere a, a circle of hands will open to receive us. Eyes will light up as we enter. Voices will celebrate us whenever we come into our own power. Community means strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done. Arms to hold us when we falter. A circle of healing, a circle of friends, some place where we can be free. Words by Starhawk. Now, I count myself very fortunate to, to actually have had some moments in life when I really have felt some of this sense of belonging and acceptance and love that, that Starhawk is describing there. But they are moments, just moments, because the reality of belonging in any community is generally a bit more varied than that, isn't it? it real communities, surprise, surprise, involve real people, and real people have ups and downs experience a whole range of experiences in, in relationships with one another. One day we may feel warmly welcomed and have a real sense of belonging and then other days we may feel a bit excluded perhaps. This is what it is to be human, isn't it? So today, when, when we're holding this church AGM, I'm, I'm thinking about the particular qualities of a church community like ours. Because I think of this as a place where we get to meet people who are different from ourselves. Yeah, we've all been drawn to a particular religious path. And, and yes, there is always more that we can do to strengthen or widen the welcome that we offer to ever more diverse people. But looking around now at one another, I'd say we have enough here to be working on, don't we really? It's, uh, because it, 
you know, if you stick around in any community long enough, we're going to find things that annoy us, that worry us, that challenge us, as well as impress us, please us, and inspire us. So my hope for our community here at Essex Church is that we'll come across people and situations from time to time here that, that challenge us, that pull us up short and make us think a bit more. And that we'll have a strong enough sense of connection to, to stick around and to be curious about one another and to, to learn more about ourselves and about one another through our relationships, our real relationships here in community. And that will give us something to think about as we listen to some uh, music for meditation from John Newton. Thank you. with that gentle music to guide us let's move into a meditative time now I've got a few um, spoken words which is about this house I imagine this building and all that all that happens here 
These words might also refer to our relationships themselves. So I invite you to use these words for your own meditation. They'll be followed by a few minutes of silence together and that will come to an end with a chime from our bell. May the walls of this house be strong in the face of storms, whether of winds or of words, whether of thunder or of tyranny. May the windows of this house be clear to the world's light, whether of dawns or of daring whether of sunsets or stillness. May the foundations of this house be firm upon the good earth, whether of soil or of sharing, whether of bedrock or of behaviour. May the doors of this house be wide to all that come from afar, whether poems or people, whether songs or strangers. May this house embrace like a graceful chalice the flame it cannot define or limit, as a heart enshrines hope, larger than its beating walls. One of the best things about being in community, especially a community like this one, is, as Sarah's already said, the opportunity it gives you to meet and get to know people who aren't like yourself and who you might never get to mingle with in other settings. Here, people of different generations, different social and economic groups, different backgrounds can become friends, can hear each other's stories, and learn from one another's varied perspectives on life. We Unitarians often speak with pride of celebrating diversity and being enriched by it. However, as well as being a source of delight, differences can sometimes be difficult. When we first chance across a community such as this one, there can be a temptation to idealise it to imagine that everyone's chosen to be here because they think in much the same way as we do, with broadly similar theology, politics, 
ethical values, manners even. But that's not quite true. We can't take it for granted that we're all pulling in exactly the same direction on every single issue. So when we bump up against people who see the world in a different way to us, whose life experiences have given them a different outlook, a different temperament, or just different habits of behaviour, well, that can sometimes cause a bit of friction. We might just rub each other up the wrong way. Now, sometimes people tend to think of Unitarianism as an anything-goes kind of religion, but that really isn't the case. There are definitely some behaviours and even some beliefs that are not okay here. To state it more positively, there is something at the centre, something which gathers us together in community, some common religious cause, even if we sometimes struggle to say exactly what it is. Our Unitarianism is based around certain core values and principles which lead us to conduct ourselves and to organise our communities in certain ways. But it's probably fair to say that we Unitarians are not always as clear as we might be in articulating our purpose, our aspirations and our expectations of each other. So as today's service is all about relating in community, I thought we might do well to look at one possible way to address these challenges of relating to one another in a diverse community. Quite a number of Unitarian congregations, both here in the UK and around the world, especially in the United States, uh, have composed their own congregational covenants. A covenant is a promise, a pledge, a commitment between members of the congregation. And congregational covenants can take a variety of forms. A covenant can be quite a short, poetic statement, something that's designed to be spoken in unison, repeated often, perhaps even memorised. Alternatively, it can be a longer statement, something more like a charter that you'd pin up the wall for, on the wall for everyone to refer to. Importantly, covenants are worked out collaboratively, with the input of community members. And although you would hope that such a covenant would stand the test of time, they are generally open to being revisited and reworked so as to remain alive rather than being fossilised relics. The Unitarian Universalist Association in the States have an adult RE programme called Faith Like a River. It's written by Alison Cornish and Jackie Clement and it includes a covenant creation workshop. In this programme they explain why covenant is hugely and historically important in a non-creedal faith like ours. This is what they say. The free church tradition of which we are a part does not offer up a creed, a certain set of beliefs that everyone must accept in order to belong. Instead, the boundaries of our community are determined by commitment and participation. Our central question is not what do we believe, but rather what values will we uphold and how will we do this together? Our covenant, the promises we make to each other in regarding how we will be as a community of faith, that's at the heart of what it means to be Unitarian. End quote. So that makes it clear. A covenant is very definitely not a creed. It's not about what we believe theologically. The UU Minister Victoria Safford says that a covenant should respond to a question something more like, to what larger love, to what people, principles, values and dreams shall we be committed? The focus is on how we are with each other, how we behave, what we aspire to, and what our shared purpose is as a congregation. And as you might imagine, it is not a trivial task to put this into words. 
that congregational covenants can really help us in a variety of ways to relate in community. They can be helpful to newcomers, giving them a clearer sense of what it is they're coming into, rather than leaving them to suss out the congregation's values and norms by themselves along the way. Covenants can add focus to the church's activities and mission. Taking time to articulate a collective vision might enthuse more people to get stuck into the work of the church and to feel part of a team that's pulling together on something bigger than any one of us could achieve alone. Importantly, covenants can provide a sense of continuity in times of change, something I'd say is especially relevant to a congregation like ours in the heart of London, where the population's quite transient and each year we see a lot of people come and go. And covenants can help to support congregations through times of challenge and conflict. They can set clear limits, boundaries to acceptable behaviour, and we pledge to abide by these and come back and refer to them if things seem to be going awry in any way. It's really helpful if a congregation can compose these covenants when things are going well, so that it's well established and everyone feels ownership of it, so it's ready when you really need it. Now you might find it hard to imagine what a covenant looks like or sounds like if you haven't encountered one before, so I thought I'd read you a couple as examples. This first one is a short, quite poetic covenant from Cross Street Chapel in Manchester. It's one that everybody speaks together in the service every single Sunday as part of the prayers. See there it goes. We gather here in sacred fellowship to witness the fullness of our lives and all life, to hold and be held, to tell stories and listen, to be renewed and renew the world. We speak with care and patience. We act with gentleness and compassion. We forgive each other and ourselves. In faith that we build beloved community, we renew our covenant today. That's the covenant that's spoken each week in Cross Street in Manchester. Well, there's a slightly longer one that was composed by the Unitarians of St Mark's in Edinburgh. And this one I think slightly slightly less poetic and slightly more practical language. It's got a different flavour. We commit to help and care for each other and to contribute to the spiritual and practical well-being of this, our beloved community. We aspire to be open to learning, to be open to new ways of connecting with each other and with ultimate reality, and to be sensitive to the needs of our fellows. We aspire to speak our own truth and to be tolerant when that spoken by our fellows does not correspond with our own. We commit to reach out in love to the wider world and to share what we have found here with others. Recognising that we each have different skills, we commit to give as we are able and receive the gifts of others. We aspire to bring enthusiasm, joy and humour to all that we do together. That's the covenant from Edinburgh. Now there's a lot more to say about covenanting than we have time for today. But maybe I'm wondering, is this something we might explore together as a congregation in the future? On the back of this little cream slip that you were given in your order of service today, I've put a few questions and prompts to try and gather your first thoughts on such a project. And uh, Julia's got some spare pens at the back if you don't have a pen to write with. Consider the questions on this sheet. What is our purpose as a congregation? What is it that we gather here for? Why do we come together each week? What do we aspire to as a community? How do we hope to embody our values in the world? And how do we want to be with each other? What attitudes and behaviours could we all commit to? 
Perhaps you could jot down some very first thoughts on those ideas under the headings and bring your responses through to the hall when it's time for coffee after the service. Perhaps we'll blue tack them up on the cupboard doors and after the AGM we'll collect them all in and ponder what our next steps might be. For the time being, the closest thing we have to a covenant here at Essex Church is the statement of commitment that's on the other side of that bit of paper. These are words which we speak every year in the service on the day of the church AGM. Now they might look very official, as if they've been around forever, but in truth they were written on the back of an envelope only 13 years ago. (laughs) There's hardly anyone left here now who will remember it being created, but just a few committee members and me and Sarah were sat round a table at coffee time in early 2006, a week or so before we were due to hold the service of welcome and commitment where Sarah became our minister. The words were written in haste and without much consultation, but people seem to like them, like them enough that we still say them once a year, even if we don't perhaps think about them much in between times. Perhaps it is time for us to think about composing an official congregational covenant. But in the meantime, I invite members and friends to stand as you're willing and able to speak these words together once again and to recommit ourselves to the work of this community known as Kensington Unitarians. Please stand. And let us affirm our statement of commitment. It is with pleasure and love that we commit ourselves to this shared ministry. With caring and open hearts, we pledge to join in making our community an inclusive and welcoming place for all people of goodwill. We shall continue to uphold our liberal religious tradition and to encourage the many spiritual seekers who meet in our church building. We trust the power of honest communication, creativity and kindness to heal and hold us always. Amen. Please be seated. Oh, if only we'd kept that envelope. We could have it as a shrine now, couldn't we? <laughs> the, the central task of the religious community, writes Mark Morrison-Reed, is, is to unveil the bonds that bind each to all. There is a connectedness amid the particularities of our own lives and the lives of others. Once felt, it inspires us to act for justice. The religious community is essential, for alone our vision is too narrow to see all that must be seen, and our strength is too limited to do all that must be done. Together, our vision widens and our strength is renewed. So may the connections that we strengthen here inspire us for the work of justice and the work of love in a world so needs it this day and all days. Amen. Amen. Go well. Blessed be.